Well, as we study the last half of Revelation 6, we see the fifth and sixth seals broken by the Lamb, martyrdom, and this incredible cosmic sign that precedes the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is some incredible material. The fifth and sixth seals of the book of Revelation in chapter 6, and it's today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to the Walk in Truth weekend program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, and podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Revelation 6, The Seven Seals. Now, in Matthew 24, as we've been looking, we've been going back and forth, we have tracked so far that the first um, five seals, or at least four, we'll pick up the fifth one here, have been in perfect order. So, taking Revelation 6 with Matthew 24, we've seen war, famine, pestilence, and then Jesus say in Matthew 24, 8, that these are the beginning of the, of the birth pangs. So we've seen really the first uh, four seals. And then notice what happens in verse 9 of Matthew 24. He says, then, then they will deliver you to what? Tribulation. There's the Greek word flipsis. It means pressure, trouble. It can be translated persecution. And they will do what? They will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. That's the name of Jesus. Seems like Jesus is saying worldwide persecution, all nations. And at that time, many will fall away. The Greek word here, fall away. Single Greek word is scandalizo. They will be scandalized uh, or they will apostatize. And they will deliver up one another and they will hate one another. Now, this is not the most pleasant uh, content, I know. But here's what we got. Revelation 6 says the fifth seal is what? Martyrs underneath the altar wouldn't recant their faith, saying, how long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? And Jesus, as he's been going through his chronology, says the next thing that will happen is that they will deliver you to tribulation. See the word tribulation? That's the famous word, right? The tribulation period. What is the tribulation period? And who is it for? Well, in Matthew 24, Jesus says, they will deliver you. Now, we all want to know who the you is, right? That, that's, that's a big question. In the Gospel of Mark, there's a parallel passage, Mark 13. Just flip over there, the next book to your right. Mark 13. Here's what Jesus says. It's the same sermon, same questions that were asked by the apostles. And Jesus says these words. He says, be on your guard, Mark 13, 9, be, but be on your guard, for they will deliver you to the courts, you will be flogged in the synagogues, you will stand before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. And when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not be anxious beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but it is the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother to death, a father, his child, and children will rise up against parents. This is sobering. And have them put to death. My goodness. This is a, this is a dark hour. Uh, Jesus is saying it from the lips of our Lord, right? 
explaining what's going to happen in these dark times. In Luke 21, which is Luke's version of the same uh, content, Luke 21, next book to your right, here's what is recorded. Luke 21, 16 says, you will be delivered, uh, you will be delivered up even by parents, 21, 16 of Luke, and and, uh, brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all on account of my name, yet not a hair of your head will perish by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Now, Jesus says hang in there because ultimately all men, the worst that man could do to you is what? Kill your body. But he can't kill your soul. So Jesus says not a, head of your head, uh, uh, not a hair of your head will perish. That's good news for some of us in the room who have a little less. But we won't go there tonight. <laughs> Revelation 6. Go back to Revelation 6 if you will. So the martyrs cry out. They say, how long, Lord? How long until you avenge us? Let me just ask you. I know it's some sobering comment, content, but let me ask you. Is there anything worth dying for? I mean, we're all going to die. We, we, we understand that. Unless Jesus comes in our lifetime, we're, we're going to breathe our last. Is there anything worth dying for? You know, some... Some people, you know, are, are desperate and take their own lives. Um, some people end up on their deathbed with all kinds of regrets. Jesus is saying, look, there's going to be a hard time for my people, uh, but don't, don't fret because I'm going to take care of you ultimately. I'm going to bring you into heaven, into my Father's house. Now, in Revelation 6, we're going to move towards the... Uh, culmination of things. So here's what happens. This is verse 12, Revelation 6. I looked, and when he broke the sixth seal, now there's only seven, we're at the sixth, and we're not going to see the seventh seal uh, until chapter 8. I looked, and when he broke the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth made of hair. The whole moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. And the sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island were removed out of their places. Now, this is the sixth seal and this is going to be the sign that precedes the seventh seal, which is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But before that, I want to show you one more thing in Matthew 24 about what Jesus says happens in between. So go back to Matthew 24. Just keep holding your place in Matthew 24 and check out what he says now. So he's talking about uh, people falling away. He's talking about many being misled. People's love's going to grow cold. He's talking about hanging in there and enduring till the end, uh, 24.13. He talks about the gospel going out. Uh, to the whole world as a witness. And then he says these words. Therefore, Jesus preaching, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, and then notice in parentheses, let the reader understand. Now, we're reading it right now, so we certainly want to understand. Jesus says, when you see what Daniel talked about, the abomination of desolation, 
which Daniel spoke about, Daniel prophetically spoke about, where is, where is it standing? In what? The holy place. And then it says, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to get the things out, of the, out that are in the house. Let him who is in the field not turn back to get his cloak. Woe to those who are with child, to those who nurse babes in those days. He pronounces a woe. Pray that your flight may not be in the winter, tough time to travel, or on the Sabbath, Sabbath regulations. For then, when these things are occurring, there will be what? Great tribulation, megas flipsos, great trouble, great persecution, great pressure, such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall. And unless those days of great tribulation had been cut short, the Greek word here literally means amputated, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days, remember, of great tribulation shall be cut short. Now Jesus tells us, he gives us a marker. He says there is going to be something that happens that is going to indicate this shift from tribulation to great tribulation, from the beginning of birth pangs to the intensifying of birth pangs, to it getting worse and worse and worse. And what this will be is when you see, says Jesus, the abomination that causes desolation. Now, if I asked you to define the word abomination, what would you say? Anything that you find abominable is what? Detestable. Oftentimes, what is abominable is classified in the uh, category of idolatry. When something is abominable to God, it is idolatrous and everything that goes with idolatry. There's going to be some sort of abomination that occurs in the holy place that brings desolation. What's desolation? If I asked you to define desolation, what would you say? Desolation means things get wiped out or uh, to be desolate also speaks of emptiness. It can speak of a combination of destruction and emptiness. So something is going to occur uh, in this holy place that brings the abomination that is abominable and with it desolation. Now in the book of Luke, to your right, Luke 21, Jesus gives us another marker. So here's two markers that I think are going to signal and spark the great tribulation. One, this antichrist uh, or an image of the antichrist, something abominable is going to happen in the holy place, which would indicate that we'd have to have what there? A temple. That's why end times uh, scholars and theologians say there's got to be a rebuilt temple for this to be a future event. And then there's a second marker. Here's what Jesus says. Luke 21, 20. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her what? Her desolation is at hand. Then notice the chronology. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of the city depart. Let not those who are in the country enter the city, Jerusalem, because these are days of vengeance in order that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Here's his woe again. Woe to those who are with child, to those who nurse babes in those days, for there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. 
You've been listening to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. There's going to be some sort of abomination that occurs in the holy place that brings desolation. What's desolation? If I asked you to define desolation, what would you say? Desolation means things get wiped out, or uh, to be desolate also speaks of emptiness. It can speak of a combination of destruction and emptiness. So something is going to occur uh, in this holy place that brings the abomination that is abominable, and with it, desolation. Now, in the book of Luke, to your right, Luke 21 Jesus gives us another marker. So here's two markers that I think are going to signal and spark the great tribulation. One, this antichrist uh, or an image of the antichrist, something abominable is going to happen in the holy place, which would indicate that we'd have to have what there? A temple. That's why end times uh, scholars and theologians say there's got to be a rebuilt temple for this to be a future event. And then there's a second marker. Here's what Jesus says. Luke 21, 20. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her what? Her desolation is at hand. Then notice the chronology. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of the city depart. Let not those who are in the country enter the city, Jerusalem, because these are days of vengeance in order that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Here's his woe again. Woe to those who are with child, to those who nurse babes in those days, for there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into the nations and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Go back and listen to my message from Luke 21. I think it kind of goes back and forth here between the times of the apostles and the last days. But notice what happens now. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars upon the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. Men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now Jesus describes these times as well. And there's two things that I have gleaned from just taking Scripture with Scripture. One, there's going to be some sort of abominable 
uh, thing that occurs in the temple or the holy place. Two, you're going to see Jerusalem surrounded by armies. Now, would, if, if you went home tonight and turned on Fox News, would it surprise any of you to see armies surrounding Jerusalem? I don't think so. I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, frankly. Because we know there's been so much tension, so many U.S. presidents trying to bring peace to the Middle East. How well are we doing? Not so good. We have tension in the region. We have people fighting over Jerusalem, fighting over the holy place and uh, the, the, the places that, at least that they believe are the original and so forth. Now, I won't go there, but I'll tell you, we've already looked at this. 2 Thessalonians 2 Um, verses one through four, Paul says the same thing. He says, the day of the Lord is not gonna come until a couple things happen. There's going to be an apostasy. The man of lawlessness is going to be revealed. And then he says, who opposes, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, and exalts himself above every so-called God or, or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as what? Being God. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. Jesus... John in Revelation and Paul all are telling us of the same event. There's a symmetry, if you will, between them. And there's going to be a time of intense difficulty, pressure for the people of God. And Daniel tells us something that's interesting. Go to the book of Daniel for a moment, Daniel 12. We're going to take scripture with scripture. By the way, this is how you learn your Bible. You go to the different books. You compare scripture with scripture. Let scripture give you the interpretation. Daniel 12, as you turn there, let me just share with you Jeremiah 30, verse 7. It says, Alas, for the day is great, there is none like it. It is the time of Jacob's distress or Jacob's trouble, but he will be saved from it. Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Now, whose trouble is it? Is it only Jacob's? Is it only Israel's? Is it a combination of Israel and the church? The church is grafted into Israel. These are some questions that we wrestle with. Look at Daniel 12, look at verse 1. Now, at that time, Michael, one of my favorite characters in all the Bible, (laughs) Daniel 12, 1, he has an awesome name. The great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people. That would be Israel. Michael has a special relationship with Israel. Michael is one of the archangels we know about in the Bible. And he stands guard over the sons of Israel or the people of Israel. At that time, Michael will arise. The Hebrew word is M-A-A-D. It's amad. It can mean to stand still, to stop, or to cease. If we're correct here, what this means is at this time, Michael will cease, stop, stand still. Literally, you could translate it this way. Step out of the middle. What does that mean? It may mean that Michael will stop his activity of guarding Israel. Now, notice what happens. Right after it says, Michael will amad, and there will be a time of what? Distress, such as has never occurred since there was a nation, the nation of Israel, until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be what? They will be rescued. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground, the dead, will what? They will awake, here's a resurrection, These to everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. And those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever 
and ever. Would you notice two resurrections are mentioned here in verse 2. One is to everlasting life. The other is to disgrace and what? Everlasting contempt. Now I know we're all struggling with the concept. Is there an eternal judgment on people? Does the Bible indicate an everlasting place of punishment? Here's yet another scripture. It says one group goes to everlasting life. I sure hope that's eternal everlasting. And another group goes to what? Everlasting contempt. This is the sobering reality of what the Bible teaches about life beyond this life, if you will. And so here is how it's been laid out. This time of great tribulation, Jesus talks about it. Unless these days were cut short, no flesh would survive. And then back to Matthew 24 as we continue to follow Jesus' words. We're all over the board, I know, but we're trying to just kind of fit the pieces together. Matthew 24, and uh, Jesus says, now those days are going to be cut short, but here's what's going to happen. So imagine that there's a group of people that heeded the warnings. They got out of town. They fled. They saw the abomination of desolation. They, they boogied out of town. There are many scholars that believe that the, uh, the people who heed the warning will run off to modern-day Jordan to the area of Petra. Uh, this is kind of linking some other scriptures together. The city of Petra, known as the Red Rock City, is in modern-day Jordan. Uh, if you watched Indiana Jones, the third movie, you saw uh, the city. How many of you have been to Jordan, by the way? Anybody been to Petra? You've been there, Lurie. Pretty cool? Yeah. So... Um, that's one possibility that they go there and are supernaturally protected. I think there was a question at the end of last week's study. You know, how do you think this is going to unfold? I believe that the trouble will center itself in Jerusalem, as we've seen, and, but then radiate out from Jerusalem. And we can see that there's going to be worldwide implications to what goes on as we continue to study the book. But Jesus says these words, Matthew 24, 23. He says, if anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there he is. Don't believe them. Don't believe him. Um, for false Christ and false prophets will arise, and what will they do? They will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. At this time, you're going to have false Christ, false prophets, people who are saying, Jesus has appeared. He's out in the wilderness. Uh, he's over here. They're even going to be able to do great signs. We were at a men's Bible study, and one of the guys that studies eschatology said, can you imagine how tempting this would be? Let's say that you're a believer. Times are difficult. Maybe you're in hiding. And you hear reports that Jesus has appeared again. And to confirm it, people are doing great signs and wonders. And this gentleman looked at me and said, Pastor Michael, I've never seen you do a miracle. And he's right. Imagine if... Imagine if someone's doing great signs and wonders. Would you be in awe of it? Would, would you be tempted to believe that they were from God? But Jesus says, even with that, don't believe it. If possible, this could even mislead who? 24? The elect, the chosen of God. Behold, Jesus says, here's the purpose of this prophecy. I've told you what? I've told you in advance. That's the nature, nature of predictive prophecy, in advance. If therefore they say to you, behold, he's in the wilderness, don't go forth. If they say he's in, their, in the inner rooms or the secret chambers, perhaps in the temple, don't believe it. Could be a reference to, oh, he's back in the temple. Everything's cool now. 
Jesus says these words, For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so shall the coming, this, this is the parousia, the second coming, singular, coming of the Son of Man, that's Jesus, be. Well, this is exciting, and here's what it is. When Jesus comes the second time, it's not going to be a secret coming. It is going to be clear for all to see as a lightning strike from the east to the west. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Those are Jesus's words, not my words. And so it is going to be the greatest light show in all of history. And I pray that you and I will be on the right side when that day comes. I know it's going to be hard for that generation. And you may be listening now and saying, man, it's hard for me to follow the Lord today with my family situation and my company, uh, where I live. And our heart goes out to you, man. But I would just say, uh, stay the course, stay firm in the faith, and Jesus Christ will see you through. Well, hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance, and remember, you can purchase a DVD of the teaching in Revelation 6 on the seven seals, and there's much more to check out at the store at walkintruth.com. If you want to get that DVD, you want to check out some of the other products that we have, some very interesting topics. Uh, I'd love to get a copy into your hands of the teaching, especially in Revelation, but really anything else that you'd like to check out, go to walkintruth.com. Click on the store tab and take a look at the products. And remember that when you buy something, you're partnering with us at Walk in Truth. And we deeply appreciate it. Now come back tomorrow because we'll be concluding the teaching in Revelation 6 on the seven seals. Until then, may God richly bless you. Remember, to learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, podcast, or to donate, visit walkintruth.com. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.